You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food with your host, Barbara Castiglia. Welcome to The Main Course. Our guest today is Eric Zyman. He's the director at Panasonic's Epic and Food Service Group. Panasonic is an industry leader in restaurant technology, has been at the forefront of it for more than 30 years. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit today about what Panasonic does in the space and, you know, in the history and what they're working on. And also a little bit about how pandemic has, you know, changed technology and how technology is kind of helping leading the way um, for restaurant recovery. So welcome, Eric. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. I appreciate you. Great. You know, so talk a little bit about the company's history of uh, working with the restaurant industry. Sure. So Panasonic has actually been working with the restaurant industry with a particular focus on the quick serve restaurant and fast casual segments since really about 1978. So it's quite a quite a, a long history. Um, you know, back in the uh, earlier days and, and for quite a number of years, the focus was on providing innovative um, devices, hardware, if you will, to the point of sale or to the quick serve restaurant industry. Um, big focus around point of sale. Uh, solutions, you know, the the evolution of the of the point of sale in, in the quick serve restaurant industry. Panasonic was a big part of driving that. Um, also provided wireless headsets, um, you know, for a number of years, and uh, that evolved into you know other types of uh, devices and hardware that the quick serve restaurants were. Uh, using and, and needed. And uh, we added a service component, uh, built a, a, a national service infrastructure to be able to go out and, and do installations and, and break fixed service on those things. And if you, you know, there's a really, you know, fast version of the history, but if you fast forward to where we are today, uh, we've really transformed into a solutions uh, organization providing end-to-end solutions for quick serve restaurants, basically for everything they would need from, a, from an IT perspective, um, hardware, software, and service. So our umbrella uh, product line, our brand is called Clear Connect, and that really encompasses everything that an operator would need. If you think about the various um, hardware devices that uh, a, a restaurant operator would need, whether it be uh, point of sale, wireless headsets, uh, digital menu boards, kiosk, food lockers, we do all of those things. We're providing software solutions these days for the last couple of years uh, for um kiosk and food locker as well. Uh, we uh, also provide point of sale uh, software solution. Been doing that for a number of years as well as a back office solution called Clearview. So if you combine all of that with the ability to go out and install uh, and provide break fix services, we have a, a national helpline. That's our, that's what we're providing to the uh, to the quick serve restaurant fast casual uh, industry. Uh, so it's evolved quite a bit over the years, and uh, we're really proud of our place in the market. Uh, we work with some of the largest national chains that you can think of. Um, as well as some mid-tier folks. And what we're seeing now is um, new new restaurant concepts that are looking for sort of end-to-end technology stacks, and we're doing a lot of work with them as well. So we really play across the board. So can you name some of the QSR players that you've worked with and what kind of solutions you've provided for them? 
Sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, one everybody's probably most familiar with McDonald's. Uh, we've been working with them for a very long time, uh, providing point of sale um, solutions for them. Over the last few years, we've uh, uh, provided uh, kiosk, uh, you know, hardware and services for them. If you look at uh, Wendy's as another example, you know, we, we do a lot for them. We're doing uh, tablets for line busting for folks like them, uh, In-N-Out Burger and others. Uh, you know, I could keep going down the list, but that gives you a flavor for some of the, you know, some of the large names that uh, that we're working with but we have a pretty diverse customer base as I said across kind of the the top tier medium and and uh, really down to startups as well so you were talking a little bit about all of the you know the breadth of the um, of the products and services that you have provided um, what kind of innovations do you think um, have been really helpful to these restaurants in order to um, let them operate efficiently and to grow yeah, I think historically, if you look at, it may not seem like an innovation today, but uh, historically, one of the biggest innovations really has to be the evolution of the point of sale system. If you go back to the, you know, many years ago, you had basic cash registers in, in a lot of these uh, operations and pretty much everything else was kind of disconnected. Uh, the point of sale system has really evolved over the years to be the hub of all the activity in the restaurant. And, you know, it enables sort of a, a single point where that everything is connected into whether that be, uh, you know, peripherals like these days, uh, you know, food service, uh, or I'm sorry, food lockers and kiosks, to uh, to tablets, to digital menu boards, even the, you know, the technologies in the drive-through, uh, they're all connected to and being driven by that point of sale system. If you think about where that where that's evolved to today, uh, what it means is by having all of that connected, you can go into the point of sale system, have that be your system of origin for all of your menu offerings, uh, pricing, uh, SKUs, et cetera. And that can actually be updated in one place and really drive that content across all of the different um, ways of, uh, you know, that people are interacting with that restaurant, whether it's in the back office, whether it's in the drive-through, again, through the kiosk for pickup and delivery, really that, that single kind of menu configuration can be used to drive all of that. So that's, that's the way it's evolved over the years. And that's all really comes out of the, you know, the evolution of the point of sale system over time. Obviously, there are a lot of other innovations and certainly some that are, there's a lot of interest in due to the pandemic, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Um, but that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a, what I think is a great example of something that people probably take for granted today, um, but really was a, a pretty significant innovation that has evolved over time. Yeah, as you know, uh, technology has really been, um, you know, the standout star of uh, helping restaurants um, through the pandemic. Um, you know, um, in what ways have you noticed that um, technology has been used to help restaurants? Yeah, so I think if we're talking about uh, the pandemic, you know, the, the one thing that hasn't changed in, in terms of um, restaurant operations is the formula for profitability. You know, you need to, obviously sales are, are really important, but you need to manage food costs and you need to manage labor costs. So there are, and, and, and these days you add to that the need to make sure that your employees are working in a safe environment and that your customers uh, that they feel safe and, and you know, that uh, their interaction with you is going to be one that's um, uh, a very safe interaction and, you know, uh, get into things like contactless, which we can we can talk about. But in terms of specific technologies, you know, if you think about the need to, you know, and I've seen recent surveys that, you know, there, obviously there's a lot of challenges in the restaurant industry due to the pandemic. Um, operating costs have gone up because of requirements being placed on the restaurants by the pandemic. Um, you know, the need to be able to, to very 
um, proactively and in real time manage your food and labor costs requires a really strong kind of back office solution. So that's one area that technology can really um, can really help the uh, these restaurant operators to to manage uh, and, and and try to grow profitability or you know, at least maintain profitability and, and be able to survive through the pandemic. Um, and then you so that that's kind of a back office function on our side. You know we call that Clearview that that helps you to manage that. In in terms of other technologies in the restaurant environment, we're all hearing a lot about contactless technologies these days. I think certainly that's a big one. That, that That's key to, to helping customers to feel safe. Um, but, you know, with a lot of dining rooms, uh, you know, being closed and having been closed for a long period of time, we're seeing a lot of investment in a few, few areas. Certainly these uh, operators are looking to um, upgrade their capabilities in terms of the drive-through. Uh, the improvements in efficiency, in, in other words, particularly during peak hours, being able to get more customers through the drive-through, being able to anticipate their orders and get uh, get you know get more people through the drive-through. It's just become an even bigger area of focus than it was before COVID-19. So technologies that you see helping out with that, or you know things like uh, modern wireless uh, devices, but also uh, ruggedized tablets that are helping with with the line busting activity. So our our pipeline around that we're seeing has grown uh, quite dramatically. Um, certainly, um, things like uh, food lockers. Um, if there's one area that we've seen the most interest in kind of pre-COVID to, to post-COVID, it's got to be in the food locker area. And uh, the reason for that is really, uh, it's a few. There obviously, you know, safety concerns. Uh, there's such a growth in pickup and delivery that's been even accelerated further by COVID-19 since people can't necessarily go out to restaurants. Pickup and delivery has become, uh, become an even bigger, faster growth area of the market. And food lockers you know, are really Again, our, our, our the, the sales activity around that has absolutely just exploded due to COVID-19. Uh, you know, th- these companies are rethinking their business models. How can they provide a contactless, safe solution that facilitates uh, pickup and delivery, uh, whether it's a delivery service coming to the restaurant to pick it up or the consumer themselves? Uh, we, we think that food lockers is just an area that's going to continue to grow. Um, and then kiosks, which, uh, uh, you know, are certainly a dining room type of solution that um, we, we've seen a you know, drop off a bit because dining rooms are closed for a lot of the QSRs. As they are beginning to reopen and we, we are talking to companies about where they're looking to invest, that is an area where they're still looking to invest. They had to take a pause uh, as dining rooms were closed, but that's another, you know, great solution that will help to um, uh, facilitate customer interaction. It can be done in a way that it's relatively low contact, if not contactless, and also can help to manage labor costs. So, that's a you know a bit of a long answer, but um, we're seeing a lot of technologies that, as these companies rethink how they need to do business in the post-COVID-19 world, um, whether it's their overall strategy and operations, or just ways to better manage uh, the costs of the the operation and be able to serve customers. There's a lot of different technology investments that folks are looking at. You know, if I was a restaurateur and I hadn't dabbled in food lockers or been that familiar with it what um you know kind of what is uh the ramp up time what what are the things that i would need um and is it is it an easy solution to put in place yeah so it's a relatively easy solution to put in place particularly um you know folks are looking at uh, uh, food lockers um inside the the actual uh, establishment inside the building we see that moving to food lockers potentially outside the building in the future um 
you know, we try to make it as easy as possible for customers, uh, kind of a one-stop shop to do the to do the solution end to end. Obviously, you have the the Food Locker system themselves, which you know can come in a variety of configurations. Uh, what's really interesting um, and and something unique that uh, we're bringing to market there is a multi-temperature locker solution, where the same lockers can be used to serve hot, cold, or or ambient um, uh, or deliver hot, cold, or ambient uh, orders. Um, so you basically need the locker system itself. You need um, something that manages the uh, lockers, like which ones are full and which ones are empty. Uh, you need a solution that uh, when, the, when the consumer or the delivery service comes to pick up, um, that they can basically walk up to a um, uh, basically a kiosk looking thing. Uh, and the, uh, there's a touch screen or there's a contactless option where when they show up, they have an order ID. Uh, the locker would automatically pop open. They don't even have to touch it and they can you know retrieve their uh, retrieve their order and, and be on their way. So, um, but you also need to interact, uh, the, the solution itself, the software solution needs to integrate with uh, the various uh, delivery services that are out there to make sure that the, you know, the orders can be taken, the uh, information can be provided to the consumer and that everything can be managed at the restaurant level. So there's there's a level of complexity behind the scenes uh, in, in terms of the, the restaurant operator and the food locker solution itself. They don't need to worry about any of that. Uh, you know, we, we kind of provide that end-to-end -end, uh, solution and, um, you know, we can modify to meet their requirements you know you can do fancy things with the lockers with the with the looks of the lockers you know you can make them um, you, know, you have the establishment's colors on them or logos or what have you so pr pretty cool stuff uh, but really not that hard so in the grand scheme of things uh, we, we see uh, we see that being a, a very popular solution right now so you feel all of these solutions and technologies contactless kiosk food lockers are kind of combining as a force to provide uh, more personalized solution for each restaurant? I do. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, it comes back to the, what's the, what's the restaurant or the operator's strategy? How do they want to operate in uh, the post COVID-19 world? Uh, where are they going to place their bets? Um, you, you could be in one or, or a combination of these technologies working together. Um, but again, it's going to help them to manage their overall cost of operation plus give them the ability to to service customers in the way that customers want to be served because um, everybody's different we all have you know some some will want to use the drive-through some will want to use mobile ordering some might want to use the delivery service you need to be prepared for all of those things and the other thing that um, in addition to the technologies that we've been doing is offering all of this in an as a service model uh, you know uh, Cash can be, uh, you know, uh, in short supply in some cases and uh, during COVID-19, given the impact on business. So large uh, upfront expenditures may not always be possible. So we're providing an, sort of an as-a-service model so that um, uh, somebody can get one of these solutions or a variety of these solutions over time without a large upfront investment. So we're trying to think of things outside of just the technology that will help these operators uh, invest in uh, the things that they need to survive and then thrive as we move forward forward. You know, a lot of times we hear the terms cashless, contactless, um, but what do restaurant owner and operators kind of need to know now about those terms to kind of understand and uh, and run their businesses? Yeah, that's a great, uh, great question. And, and there's some overlap between the two as well. The, you know, contactless is, is really about, you know, technologies, and there are a lot of them available even to do contactless, you know, in the drive-through 
uh, in the restaurant and pickup and delivery, just where the customer doesn't have to touch anything outside of, you know, outside of the food that, that they're getting. They don't have to touch anything for payment, for ordering. Uh, and there's just no, you know, no physical interaction uh, with uh, either anything, any part of the infrastructure of the restaurant or the, even in a lot of cases, the, um, the, the, the people who are working there. Uh, in terms of cashless, obviously, you know, cashless has been around for a long time, but where cashless and contactless are coming together is in new payment options, uh, whether it's using your phone to pay. We're, we're actually working with an innovative startup who's doing face, uh, face recognition based payment. And, um, you know, there's definitely interest in both uh, facial recognition based uh, ordering. Again, where you, if you opt into a service, you can walk up to a you know, variety of ordering or payment uh, devices. And if again, if you've opted in, which protects your privacy, you have to opt, opt in. Um, it can recognize your face, uh, help you to you know, order your traditional your, uh, order, or, or you, know, you can order something new if you'd like, but then you can pay with your face as well. And uh, that reduces contact as well. So there's really, there are really areas where contactless and cashless are starting to come together to provide some innovative new options uh, for operators. So one of the other things about technology, um, you know, particularly in the restaurant space, is um, you know how it has to be guest centric um, to meet the hospitality needs. Um, you know, as we're in this restaurant recovery phase, and a lot of states are returning to indoor dining um, in some capacities, and and we're moving forward on that. Um, how can technology help guests feel safe and comfortable in the restaurants? Yeah, that's, you know, that's a great question. I think obviously there are elements of the infrastructure of the restaurant itself, uh, whether it be, you know, partitions or social distancing, uh, sanitizing and, and things of that nature. So you have that aspect of it to help customers feel safe in the dining room. I think technology uh, standpoint, again, the, the ability to reduce the, 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 the number of times or reduce it to zero if possible, the number of times that a customer has to be in contact with um, either a device or a person for ordering uh, or for payment, um, the, the more that we can reduce that, I think the safer they're going to feel. And, and some of the technologies we just discussed, we, we believe can really help to enable that. Um, even if you walk into a dining room at a, at a QSR, uh, you know, that uh, we see kiosks playing a role there. Uh, there's an option for a contactless, uh, you know, experience with the kiosk as well. So any, anything we can do to reduce the interaction, reduce the need for the consumer to, um, you know, touch a screen, um, to be able to pay without uh, having contact. All of those things, I think, are, are areas where technology can help customers or guests feel safer in the, in, in the uh, dining room environment. And how can it kind of play a role in issues such as food safety and sustainability? Yeah, I think for food safety and uh, sustainability, you've got, um, you know, some of the most important things you can do. And, and these, again, have been around for a while, probably. But you get into technologies that can make sure you're monitoring the temperature uh, of hot and cold foods and the various, uh, you know, whether it's a bin or a refrigerator or some somewhere else where, where food is being stored. Uh, you get technology to help with food traceability. Heaven forbid there is an issue. You know, you, you need to be able to trace uh, uh, the, the origin of the issue if it's food related back to the source and be able to do that very, very quickly. So, we think about technology as it as it relates to food safety. Those are some of the some of the uh, the key elements that we see where where technology is really helping. 
You you mentioned a little bit before about kind of the resurgence of the drive-through that we're seeing, um, and you know it's kind of the new drive-through and the new car hop, I guess. Um, you know, and and technology is playing a, a huge role um, in that. And, and can you kind of explain how you know technology is helping? Um, the QSRs who are uh, involved in in drive-throughs kind of meet the meet the guest needs and um, and get people in and out of there, um, but still having a great experience. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing that we see in that area, and and as we as you mentioned, and we, we talked about a bit earlier, we're seeing a resurgence of the drive-through that was already a very high percentage of sales in a lot of cases. Uh, the types of technologies that uh, we see uh, restaurants investing in, a uh, big one is technologies like uh, ruggedized tablets, and they need to be rugged because they get they get handled pretty, uh, you know, uh, pretty roughly in those environments. But uh, we've seen customers that are that have done programs where they've invested in technologies like um, ruggedized tablets, that with the goal of getting a certain number of cars ahead and to be able to prepare their orders and seen tremendous results from being able to do that. What that that's good for the restaurant in that they can get more cars through the drive through particularly during peak hours, which means, you know, more revenue, which obviously is good for everybody. And for the customer, it means that they can get their food uh, very, very quickly. Um, and again, we see touchless payment being um, uh, a growth area in drive through as well. You know, you certainly have to have the traditional technologies like headsets and and um, and the, the, sort of the wireless uh, audio systems and so forth, and everything's got to be connected. But uh, the big one that we're seeing today, again, another, another big growth area is really in these tablets that are helping with uh, getting further ahead in the line at peak periods, which is good for everybody. You know, one of the advantages of having all of this technology um, is that you have this ready access to really great data. Um, but then you have the downside of privacy. Um, so how to kind of how do restaurants kind of balance those two? Yeah, that that's another great question and certainly a hot topic. Um, you know, it's an ongoing issue or debate, if you will, may not end anytime soon. Uh, there's evolving legislation both nationally and at the state level at a variety of states that um, uh, look to uh, Things like uh, the use of biometric data, whether it's facial recognition or, or other biometric data. Um, I think the challenge for restaurants, as you said, how do you balance the need to use that data with the need for privacy? So um, certainly one thing is if you look at actionable data, if you're looking at data in the aggregate, so not you know individualized to a particular consumer, um, the, the, that can be used, and there's not a lot of issues with that. The, the goal there, though, or the, the, the challenge is how do you get that data in real time and be able to action it quickly enough to make a difference in the restaurant operation, the ability to serve the customer, the profitability of the business. Um, so we're seeing companies looking at you know, better back office systems to be able to take that data and, and action it in more of a real-time kind of an environment. And then when you get into data about individual consumers, and a lot of the debate these days is about biometric data. And uh, again, a lot of legislation being discussed and going on. Um, really, I think the safest thing for restaurant operators to do there, and we and we do see this happening, is that you get the consumer to opt in. And once the consumer opts in and they understand what you're going to do with their data, 
um, if there's value being delivered there, so, you know, for instance, like we talked about facial recognition, you know, I'll, I'll let you use my face to allow me to order and to pay without touching anything, that's valuable enough for a consumer that they're willing to opt in. And um, particularly with, uh, you know, uh, consumers have grown up in the digital age, younger consumers, um, uh, really isn't, a, you know, they don't, they don't seem to have a problem with it. Uh, so, that's really the the challenge, you know. How do you action data in the aggregate in more real time, and then where there are opportunities? How do you get consumers to opt in to allowing you to use some of their personalized data, and how do you provide value for that data? Uh, and, when, and what we found is when you do provide value, that uh, you know, making the ordering or payment experience easier, making it more contactless, et cetera, that they're willing to provide it and allow it to be used. So on the other side, <laughs> part of the you know part of the pandemic. Um, has been, um, you know, that restaurants who were not known as the uh, tech savvy or early adapters of technology that now all of a sudden um, are realizing the benefits. Um, do you think there's going to be a flip side to that where then because they, they're seeing such successes that they're then going to become the tech innovators of the future, the industry as a whole? Yeah, you know, it certainly could, could well be, uh, you know, and I think the um, we're seeing that across the board. Certainly the very large uh, players in the industry have been investing in technology for some time. What we're really seeing that's interesting that goes to your point, there are a number of kind of new concept uh, restaurants or uh, startups that are looking to grow significantly, and they're making technology a central point of the way that they're designing their business and their business strategy and their operations. And, you know, because they're either startups or new concepts, they have the ability to do that, and they're very tech savvy. Um, you know, the, the food is certainly important and, and the, you know, the food concept is certainly important, but the technology that they're integrating into the concept from kind of day one, the way that they're designing the restaurants, the way they're designing the interactions they're planning to have with consumers, uh, we're seeing a lot more of that these days where they're looking for this kind of end-to-end -end footprint of, okay, I need, I, I want to apply all this technology uh, because I, I don't want to just be about the food. Obviously, the food's got to be great and the price has to be right, but I want to have all the technology in place to be able to run profitably and provide a really cool experience for the customer. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that, that there are clearly opportunities and some real-life examples where we're seeing this, uh, where we're seeing this happen today. So that kind of leads me into, um, you know, something that I noticed a lot on the Panasonic website um, about the phrase connected restaurants. Um, so what does that phrase mean to you and do you think means to, uh, to the industry? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, we do some work in manufacturing. There's a term called smart factory that, uh, it's kind of similar, you know, it's all about connecting everything in the operation, but it, the reality is it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So from our perspective, connected restaurant, uh, means a little bit about what we were talking about earlier that really, um, if you have to thinking about managing the profitability of the restaurant, as well as the guest experience, um, how do you uh, how do you uh, put technologies in place that kind of span that whole the whole operation from the consumer to the back office and the kitchen uh, that allow you to connect and 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 provide you know run the restaurant profitably and also provide an outstanding guest experience um, and and I think over time what we'll see connected kitchen or connected restaurant evolve into 
beyond just, for instance, being able to manage your menu in one place and have all the content permeated out to your digital menu boards and your kiosks and your food lockers and everything else, um, is uh, really the application of some new technologies, uh, whether it's uh, AI, which we've done some work in, to be able to do a better job of anticipating demand so that the, um, the, the, the kitchen can prepare the, the food and it's very fresh and can be served even more quickly, whether it's IoT to monitor the devices in the restaurant to be able to um, not only maybe initially figure you know pick up automatically when they're when they're failing, but uh, ultimately being able to predict when they're going to fail so that you can get out and service them before they do, um, so that the uh, you know the restaurant doesn't go down or equipment doesn't go down for any period of time. So. Um, you know, I think connected restaurant t today means it's kind of one thing to us, but uh, we see that evolving over time into really what, what's going to be a, a smart restaurant kind of a concept where everything is connected. You have a single hub with a point of sale system and you've applied uh, technologies like AI and IoT to help with uh, everything from food preparation to, um, to maintenance and management of all the devices as well. So a lot of the, uh, you know, tech ad uh, adoption over the past uh, few months um, kind of sped up um, what we were seeing as, you know, the future. Um, and, you know, when you're talking, you know, about AI and IoT and, and we hear a lot about robotics, particularly oh, yeah, in robotics, the QS and yeah. the QSR, uh, you know, Flippy the robot and, and all of these things. Um, and, you know, there, I think there's always been this level of people who are scared of these technologies, but do you think, you know, that now that the future is here, um, that they're not things to be scared of. And then what become, what is next? You know, what is the future <laughs> of technology? Because yeah. we kind of sped up everything. Yeah. So, you know, what, what is the horizon for restaurant technology? That's a, yeah, it's really interesting. You know, I kind of think about what does the Jetsons, you know, restaurant of the future look like, right? The, the Jetsons have predicted a lot of what we're seeing today. So that'd be an interesting uh, thing to answer. But, uh, you know, you, you talk about robotics as an example. So, you know, the company Miso Robotics that does Flippy the Robot, we, you know, we're, we work with their, they're, they're a family of companies that we work with. They're also the ones involved in the face pay technologies as well. Um, you know, I think people are going to be more comfortable with technology in the restaurant. Uh, you know, uh, I think robotics is is one of those things that I, I, I think people think, yeah, there's a cool factor. Maybe they worry about it a little bit. But I've seen some of these things in action. The robotics do a you know phenomenal job of you know doing things like being able to prepare food. The, the biggest issue is not are the robots capable. It's how do you fit that stuff into a traditional uh, QSR kitchen that hasn't been designed for that. So I think, you know, back to the earlier discussion about, uh, you know, some of the newer concepts may integrate more of that, that technology into the design of the restaurant. Uh, it may be a little harder for existing uh, locations to be able to retrofit to adopt all of these uh, types of technologies. But, um, you know, in our society, obviously, the, the companies are in the, they're in the business of, of serving customers and being able to be profitable and making money. So if there's if there are ways to reduce costs by automating things, uh, whether through robotics or some of the technologies we've talked about earlier, I think we're just going to see more and more of that. And I think people are going to get more and more comfortable with it over time, particularly if it helps them feel safer um, and uh, enhances their overall experience. So yeah, I don't know exactly what the future holds, but uh, I don't think there's any holding back on, on some of the technologies that we've been talking about. So another trend that we saw before the pandemic that is really picking up steam now because uh, we're seeing the advantages um, is the ghost virtual kitchen 
uh, format. And, you know, you were talking a little bit about the design of a restaurant and, you know, and these businesses can kind of incorporate robotics and technology in there because they're not necessarily guest facing. Um, so, uh, what's your take on, on that trend? Yeah, that's a, you know, we, we've been in discussions with a lot of the, uh, ghost kitchen types of operations. Uh, and we, we were before the pandemic and they were interesting and growing then because of the growth in pickup and delivery and the fact that most of your, you know, any, any uh, location of, of a QSR that's been around for a while, you know, has a difficult time accommodating a lot of pickup and delivery activity. Uh, so, but again, since the pandemic, uh, the, the ghost kitchen operators that we're talking to um, are really investing. Uh, they've got uh, tremendous expansion plans. They've got capital behind them, investors behind them. Uh, when we see that, it, I, you know, my personal take on this is something that's not going to go away, and we're going to see a significant amount of growth over the next couple of years in these operations that has been accelerated by COVID-19. Uh, people are going to continue, you know, it's going to take a while, I think, psychologically for everybody to get back to feeling somewhat like normal. So I think pickup and delivery is going to continue to grow pretty significantly, continue to be a big fixture. And these ghost kitchen operations are just, you know, they're just designed to optimize that experience. So, um, Again, the ones we've been talking to, they're having uh, they have tremendous growth plans. They've had great success in signing up um, tenants, if you will, for for the ghost kitchen operations. And in our view, is that's going to be something that it, it's going to become a key part of the industry uh, over the next few years. And at least for the near future, the foreseeable future, we don't see it going away, but but rather growing. You know, and they they do offer um, you know advantages to uh, QSRs uh, as brands of, you know, operating under one roof and, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, the use, use of labor, the use of, of, uh, of the equipment and all. So it really gives them an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you don't, if you don't have to, you know, invest in all of that and you can, move into a, a portion of one of these ghost kitchens where everything's pretty much already set up for you and you can focus on taking orders and, and, and filling orders. Um, and there's a lot of volume that can be put through those things. I, I think it is good for the, for the operators as well. And I think, um, you know, I haven't really done any analysis on the impact of like new store openings, uh, you know, how much companies are going to be investing in that versus going and renting space in these ghost kitchens. Uh, that would be an interesting thing to take a look at, though. So last question, um, what excites you about the future of restaurants? Yeah. So, you know, first of all, I love food. So <laughs> you know, I want to see the future, the restaurant industry, you know, succeed and continue to evolve uh, in order to succeed in the post-COVID-19 world. I think um, what excites me the most, uh, you know, and maybe I'm a little biased working for a technology company, but, you know, some of the things that we've talked about as kind of innovative new solutions, I'm really, really excited about seeing how companies scale these things to fundamentally transform their business model over time. Um, it's kind of an exciting, you know, it's, it's a tough time, obviously, for a lot of folks because of, of COVID-19 and the impact that's had on the industry. From a technology perspective, 
you know, that's maybe uh, put a damper on, on some th- the demand for some things, but it's sort of forcing an innovation mindset for companies to rethink the way that they do business. And now what I'm very interested in is, you know, which of these things really succeed? How do they scale? And uh, who are the winners in this uh, by, you know, the, the companies that really win by reinventing themselves and reinventing the business model and again, how they operate the restaurant and how they serve their guests. So, um, you know, to me, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing here over the coming, uh, coming few years. Well, if this year has taught us anything, adaptability um, is the key to uh, surviving and thriving. Absolutely. Uh, and, and you know, business has always been like that, right? You, you have to grow or die. You have to adapt or die in a, from, in a business sense. And um, sometimes there are things that come along. Certainly the Internet, when that came along, disrupted a lot of businesses and some didn't survive and others uh, took advantage of that disruption to rethink their business model and thrive. And I think we're going to see something similar in the restaurant industry. Sometimes you have seismic events that happen that make you rethink everything that you're doing. And um, I think that's kind of what we're living through now. Great. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed talking with you today. Yes. Thank you.